It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is the wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave, thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Steve and Dan, you got the chemistry. It's cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing Sports Center tonight with Are you uh, really? Dan Patrick. Well, yes. I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Dan. Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. Oh, happy Sunday to you. Happy uh, Master Sunday. And and unfortunately, it, it, there is just no juice down in Augusta. No juice down at Augusta National. I mean, look, Hideki Matsuyama is playing some good golf right now. But, I mean, it, you're looking at some of the guys chasing him, and, and these aren't real world beaters here. I mean... Some of the guys that even missed the cut, you know, Xander Shoffley's four back with four to play. Uh, and then you got Wills Zalatoris who, okay. It, it, there just doesn't seem like there's any juice down there earlier in the week. There was, it just, this has kind of been a whole hum Sunday. I mean, Hideki came in with, with a nice little lead. Um, and then it, it, it really never, he it was never really much in doubt, uh, barring some sort of complete collapse here. Hideki Matsuyama is going to win the 2021 Masters, and and Xander Shoffley looks like he'll he'll come in uh, at that number two spot, and then depending on this uh, duel between Jordan Spieth and uh, Will Zalatoris, uh, that's kind of going to be your one, two, three there. I do have a question, though, and Nick, I'd love to get your thoughts on this because Jordan Spieth has been a guy where it seems like he's been playing some really nice golf. We're kind of seeing what we saw out of him, you know, a handful of years ago where he was striking the ball really well. But also, I mean, he's kind of made his money on the greens and he's been able to to putt the ball really well. Today, he, I thought he's been reading these greens at, at Augusta National really well. I, my question is, is Jordan Spieth back? Is, is he going to be in contention week after week like he has been the last you know month and a half of, of uh, play here? I think so. I mean, he was what the... Yeah, the second best odds of winning the Masters coming into the week. He he won mm-hmm. last week at the Valero. I mean, I don't know if he's back back. I mean, he's won how many three majors? So, I mean, I mean it, what does it take for him to be back? I know. And look, and that's a it's it's almost like a silly question, right? We love saying that. Is are they back? Are they back? But with with the way that Jordan Spieth has been playing golf for the last you know few years, I mean, he really hasn't been in contention at all. Uh, but he's kind of yeah. always been in the mix, you know, the last few weeks. And and yeah, this this course down at Augusta is a tough course. Um, and I don't think he's made a any little tougher real... than last year. Oh God! I mean, it, it's it's actually insane to see the difference between playing this in November and then playing it in April. I mean, it's a totally different course. And and I, again, I just feel like he's he hasn't been making any egregious mistakes he'll he'll send a ball wide or whatever but he's his second shots at Augusta is what really matters and i thought he's he's done a really a fair job at least of controlling those second shots so i i it just feels like he's going to be in the mix going forward yeah but how about matsuyama yesterday uh breaking his putter yeah and then having to putt the rest of the round without it 
Yeah, with the three wood. Yeah. What would you have done if you broke your putter? What What would you be trying to putt with? Um, I I, I mean, look, obviously he was do. He actually putted. He, he put the ball really well using that club. But I always kind of would go towards the, um, you know, the the wedge. Kind of. Oh. Okay. Because it's a shorter club, I feel like I have a little more control of it. Yeah. With the wedge. So I would go wedge. I mean, I, I think that's kind of a, I think that's, that's probably not, I mean, I'm not a good putter. <laughs> I'm not a good putter anyway. So the wedge isn't going to do much, uh, you know, there's not no fall off there really. Uh, but what, what, I don't know. What do you use it? What do you like? I would probably go with a hybrid. Okay. Get a nice little Those are just too rounded, I feel like, on the face. Yeah. I mean, you'd really have to hit it square. I don't. I, I mean, I, I look. I think he's done a really nice job of managing this golf course. You know, especially over the last. Oh, I'm sorry, Siwoo Kim. Days. That wasn't Matsuyama. Siwoo Kim. That was Siwoo Kim. Yeah, my bad. Um, either way, a, a really nice job of of. Yeah, and look, the frustration got to him. He broke the club. Uh, but anyway, it's it's it just feels like it's kind of been a ho hum Masters. I will say though. Uh, really cool to start the week Thursday and every year they do the thing where they bring out Gary player and they bring out Jack Nicholas and they do the ceremonial, you know, uh, opening of the tournament. And this year they brought in Lee elder. If you don't know Lee elder, I, I urge you to dive into Lee elders background. Who's the first black man to play at Augusta national, the masters. And, and he was the third person that was honored in this opening ceremony uh, as Gary Player and, and Jack Nicholas are every year. Um, uh, they brought out Larry Elder, and he was there uh, kind of to commemorate when he first played at Augusta National as the first black man to play uh, in the Masters. And, and, and it was a really... Um, there's those moments in sports where you just can't help, but your whole body starts to tingle. Um, because it was just such a cool moment, and this was one of those moments. And, and if you have a, the opportunity, we, we can't play you the whole press conference, but afterwards, Gary Player and Jack Nicholas and Lee Elder uh, were in were at the clubhouse and doing a press conference, and they kind of talked about uh, the you know the day basically and opening this tournament. Uh, Lee Elder talked about uh, re- what he remembers. Uh, back at his first uh, tournament at Augusta National uh, and, and just uh, the amazing reception he got. What I remember so much about my first visit here was the fact that every tee and every green that I walked on, I got tremendous ovations. And I think when you receive something like that, it have to help settle you down because I tell you, I was so nervous as we began play that it took me a few holes to kind of calm down. But getting those wonderful ovations and seeing a lot of the great friends that I had here with me at that particular time, it gave me a chance to concentrate a little bit more on the game because I was not just up looking around to see whom I could see. I was able to stick with business. It was awesome. It was awesome. You got to, and, and the things Gary Player said about Lee Elder and this told the story about this time he invited him to South Africa to play in in a couple tournaments. It was just unbelievable. I, if you haven't seen the opening ceremony, look it up. If you haven't uh, seen this press conference that they they all were at and, and spoke, you got to see it. It's incredible stuff. All right, lots to come here on Sports Wrap. I know Nick's got some stuff going on else uh, around the country. Nick, what do you got? 
Yeah, uh, don't don't uh, speak too fast. Matsuyama just put one in the water on 15. Uh -oh. um, but the Tigers are swept by the Tribe. They fell 5-2 today. Logan Allen got the win. Jose Urena picked up the loss, his second of the year. Wilson Ramos hit his fourth home run of the season. Detroit will now travel to Houston for a three-game series. Casey Mize versus Zach Granke tomorrow night at 8-10. Tigers have also placed Miguel Cabrera on the 10-day injured list with a left bicep strain. The Red Wings completed their third trade of the weekend, sending defenseman John Merrill to the Canadians for a fifth-round pick. Yesterday, they traded away Brian Lashoff and Patrick Nemeth in separate trades. The NHL trade deadline is tomorrow at 3 p.m. The Pistons face the Clippers tonight at 10. You going to stay up and watch that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Michigan Wolverines guard Sean D. Brown has declared for the NBA draft. He will hire an agent, joining Mike Smith as Wolverines who will not use their extra year of eligibility next season. And uh, as I said, uh, Matsuyama four up on 15 over Shoffel. Oh, boy. With one in the oh water boy. on 15. So, oh, eh, we'll never know. We'll keep an eye on it. Still some golf to play. All right, more to come coming up on Sports Wrap. Uh, and uh, look, uh, Tigers losing four in a row. They go to Houston now. Uh, A.J. Hinch's old stomping grounds. Uh, but we've got some banged up Tigers. We'll talk about that with our friend J.B. Jason Beck over at MLB.com. That's coming up as Sports Wrap continues here on WJR. Sports Rep. Sports Rep. Give us a call. And tomorrow we'll be at uh, Grand Blanc, Warwick Hills, for the Pro-Am. And the state of Michigan has gone absolutely bananas over Tiger Mania. Now back to more Sports Rap. 1,000 people today at 7 a.m. to watch Tiger Woods at a practice round. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. I haven't seen this many guys thrown out of anywhere since Dime Beer Night at the local tavern. Here's Chris. All right, we'll obviously keep you on, on top of what's going on down at Augusta National. Hideki Matsuyama up on Xander Shoffley with just a couple to play, uh, but Matsuyama puts it in the water on, what was that, Nick? Was that on 14? 15. 15, okay, on 15. Uh, so some trouble there for Hideki, but we'll keep an eye on it for you as well. Uh, also some trouble. Speaking of trouble, you, we got some trouble uh, on this Detroit Tigers roster. A couple of uh, uh, banged up players, and, and there are some big ones. Miguel Cabrera uh, has been added to the 10-day injury list with a strained left bicep. And if you remember, he's had some issue with that left bicep before he strained it back in 2016 and then ruptured a tendon back in 2018 and missed the rest of the season. And that was in June. Uh, so he missed a, a, a huge portion of the season um, as early as 2000, or I guess as early as 2018. And now he's re-aggravated. So what does it mean? What are we hearing? Uh, there's only one guy we got to turn to, and that's JB, our friend Jason Beck at Detroit Tigers, uh, beat writer for MLB.com. What's up, JB? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. W what's the word on Miggy here in this bicep? Uh, still too early to tell. I think uh, he underwent tests, I, I believe, uh, this morning in Cleveland. Um, still haven't heard anything new on that. So kind of waiting to see. It didn't sound like it was particularly painful for him. So, you know, like it wasn't a – it, it doesn't seem like at this point 
like a major rupture like he had in 18, but it's still obviously annoying him to the point where he was getting out of his swing. And, you know, if he's going to be messing with the mechanics to compensate for that injury, that that's just, you know, that's not good. That's not something you can have him doing with when you're trying to get him back into the form that he had a couple of years ago. Uh, so who's the replacement for him? Who do they go to? Uh, they're going to juggle it for now. I mean, I, Renato Nunez is mainly going to fill in. Um, he's going to play a little bit of DH, a little bit of first base. If you remember, he looked like he was going to be sliding in at first base in spring training. Mm-hmm. And then A.J. Hinch at the end of camp decided he was going to go with, you know, kind of mix and match at first base. So, you know, uh, Nunez played today at the DH. Um, didn't have a great day to play. None of these guys really did except for uh, Ramos with the home run. Uh, Nunez struck out three times. They're going to have to get him going. He's a power source. You know, he, he hit 12 home runs for, for Baltimore last year and had a bigger season for them two years ago. But uh, you know, right, he hasn't really found his his timing at the plate really since the start of spring training. Because remember, he got delayed start in the Lakeland with uh, you know, with the visas and everything. Tigers lose 5-2 to two today uh, down at Progressive in, in Cleveland. That's their fourth in a row. And, boy, they, they continue to struggle against the Tribe. Uh, and I guess, what are they, 7-24 at Progressive Field since 17. Uh, it, it, but it, it was just a, another tough showing today. They lose 5-2. to two. Um, what's kind of the the message now from from AJ Hinch? Obviously, he's he's not happy when guys don't play well, and and if they're mailing it in, he certainly isn't happy. What's he What's he saying? Well, he's clearly frustrated. He tends to be the type of manager who keeps tries to keep a lot of that stuff in house. He doesn't try to vent a whole lot. But uh, I was talking with Wilson Ramos at, after the game. You know, Wilson was kind of outspoken a little bit. He said, you know, we need more energy. You know, we need to uh, show a little bit more life. And, you know, he said, yeah, that might be something we need to talk about before the uh, first game in Houston. And, you know, with uh, you know, with Miguel Cabrera out, maybe I'm the one to do it, which was, you know, it was kind of refreshing to hear Ramos talk about that. I know uh, Robbie Grossman talked after the game, too, and he talked about, trying to turn the page from the series and getting a fresh start. But uh, yeah, I did. it sounds like they're looking for a little bit more life, certainly in terms of the uh, you know life at the plate. They need it. I mean, the numbers were ugly in this series, 13 for 91, uh, 38 strikeouts, six walks. You know, that's not going to cut it. They went back-to-back games without a runner in scoring position. They scored all but one of their six runs off of homers. And, uh, you know, they just – they never had that sort of sustained rally right. that you generally need to win ball games. Things aren't going to get much easier. Uh, they go to Houston, then Oakland. They have the White Sox and the Yankees at the end of the month. What what were A.J. Hinge's expectations this month for the team? They, uh, they're not going to complain about the schedule. They're major league players. But what were the, what was the team's expectations to start the season? I think they were tempered. You know, I think if you talk to people in the organization, you know, they knew this was going to be a tough month. Um, you know, they had to do what they could uh, when they had opportunities. They were able to finish 500 at home. Certainly had a chance to do a little bit better than that. Um, but, you know, this is going to be a tough stretch. You know, Houston, granted, they lost back-to-back games to Oakland Friday and Saturday. They had this weird off day on Sunday, which is almost unheard of in baseball. But for some reason with this year's schedule, you see a couple times, but, uh, you know, they're doing well, and they're going to see the brunt of that 
Astros rotation starting with Zach Granke uh, tomorrow. So it doesn't get easier there. And Oakland, you know, they're showing signs of coming out, you know, kind of emerging after that rough start they had against the Astros and Dodgers. So, you know, none of this is going to be easy. Um, You know, they might not have an opportunity to really build momentum until they get back home in, in about just over a week and face the Royals and the Pirates. One of the bright spots, I thought, at least uh, for the pitching staff, is Tehran is also going to be banged up here, and, and he's going through uh, an injury that's going to keep him out here for a couple of days. But I thought Casey Mize in his first out was pretty good. Uh, I, I think his pitch count got got away from him a little bit. I think he was up over 80 pitches in just four innings of work. But but it it I thought he we're starting to kind of see what we were built on, where where he's got a really good fastball and he can mix it up with with a couple of his off speed pitches, mainly his slider and sinker. Um, but I, I thought there was some good signs from Casey Mize in his first out, and and he's going to get the the look tomorrow. What do you expect to see from him? I think it's going to be an intriguing matchup because he has a lot of different pitches he can throw at this at the Astros, and you know it's it's a really good lineup, and it's a team that's going to make you pay if you make mistakes. But it's also a team that you know when you face a guy like Mize, if he has enough pitches working, it's tough to sit on one pitch because he has so many different offerings he can he can throw at you. The stuff has been better than the results really for really since. The, the better part of spring training. And so it, it's been a matter of, I think, A, pitch selection, and B, commanding the secondary stuff. And I think you, you see him getting closer to that mode where he has an idea of what he wants to do and a good command of being able to go about doing it. So I think if he could get that splitter going, I, I'm intrigued by the splitter because you know, really I've, since, since the last couple of years of spring training, yeah, it's primarily been a swing and miss pitch form for most of his mm-hmm. career, but you're seeing more of him using that as a pitch where he can get soft contact. And I think if he can do that against the Astros, you know that that gives him a little bit better shot, and he can use some of that, that other stuff. You know, maybe the breaking pitches to really set up more swings and misses. So it's it's a little bit of a it's a different tactic from Mize from what we traditionally saw, certainly coming out of the draft. But it, but it's intriguing, and I, I think it. It keeps hitters off balance when he's on. Yeah, it's good stuff. I I uh, I, I think that uh, certainly when you start mixing it in with his with his fastball, where he was averaging in the in the mid to high nineties, uh, that's going to be good for Casey Mize. That's going to be good for this for this pitching staff as well. Uh, always good stuff. Jason Beck over at MLB.com. Appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Always good talking baseball with you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. There he is, JB, over at MLB.com. All right, Nick, I know we got a Masters update. We talked about kind of the ho-hum nature of this tournament Oof. so far, but uh, what, what's the what's the latest down at Augusta National? So Nashville? on 15, we have a bogey from Matsuyama, birdie from Shoffley, so it was this two-stroke oh, lead. Oh, oh. Uh, teeing off on 16, Shoffley puts his in the water, and oh. Matsuyama's on the green. So it's uh, still a two-stroke lead. They're on 16. Uh, Shoffley's hitting his third. Is there a better back nine in golf? Then at Augusta National. I mean, I, I think 18 is just the perfect finishing hole, too. It is. It, it is the perfect finishing hole. Wow. I'll tell, well, you know, obviously, now you're talking about the offsetting uh, out-of-bounds place by these guys, right? So I it, I don't think it's going to hurt. It's, it's not going to hurt Matsuyama as much if Shoffley just put it in the drink, too. A lot of golf left. Yeah, Ooh, I know there's only three, three holes left, but there's a lot of golf. 
Oh, man. All right. We'll keep an eye on it for you. All right. More to come here on Sports Wrap. Uh, coming up next, I, you know, with, with what's going on down at uh, Little Caesars Arena and what the, what the Red Wings are doing, they are just collecting draft picks at an unbelievable clip. Just trying to collect those lottery tickets. We'll talk to our friend Art Regner over on the Detroit Red Wings website, and we will get to that coming up next at 635. More on Sports Wrap next. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Let's take it now to the podium and Lions owner Bill Ford. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Right now, Wayne Fonts and his staff are no longer the coaches of the Detroit Lions. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, welcome back to Sports Wrap. Red Wings busy this weekend, making a a, a couple of deals. And kind of what it means, that's what I want to get into. So uh, on Friday, the Wings traded Patrick Nemeth to the Avalanche for a fourth-round pick. Then on Saturday, they traded away David's, or excuse me, Brian Lashoff. Uh, and they received David Savard, but then quickly turned Savard around to the Tampa Bay uh, Bolts and picked up a fourth-round pick. And then today, traded away John Merrill for Hayden Verbeek and a fifth-round pick. So it just seems to me that at this point, they're just trying to to pick up as many lottery tickets as they can. Uh, and to help us figure it out, all out, our friend Art Regner over at the Detroit Red Wings joins us this evening. Artie Gamora, good afternoon to you. Hey, hey, Chris, how are you? I'm good. Good to talk with you. Uh, am I reading this right? Are we just, is the plan uh, from Steve Eiserman and company to, to move anybody that has any sort of value that isn't in the long-term plan of this team and try to acquire as many picks along the way and just try to keep building this thing for the future? Yeah, there's there's no doubt. I mean, I think you've hit it right on the head. I mean, if you look at it, the last three drafts, the Red Wings have drafted 33 players. With the moves that they've made this weekend, the next two drafts, the 2021 draft and the 2022 draft, they already have 20 picks. So that would be in a five-year period, you know, they're going to bring in 50 new players. And, uh, you know, that tells me a couple of things. There's probably not a lot of guys on the current roster that are in the long-term plans for Steve and that they're still trying to hit on, on draft picks. They're still trying to get that maybe difference maker. I know some fans could think most cider could be that maybe Lucas Raymond, Jonathan Bergren had a great year in the Swedish hockey league. Joe Valeno is now back from Sweden. He's going to be a grand Rapids Griffin at the end of this week after his, uh, his quarantine is over. Possibly Red Wing fans will see him before the end. So, I mean, there is, a future and a hope, but I still think Steve's mixing this pot and uh, uh, trying to uh, figure out exactly uh, who's a Red Wing, who's not in the uh, long-term plans of the team. 
Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that I really like what they've done is they've at least, I mean, this team is at its bare bones at this point. I mean, you, you look at some of the contracts that they've dumped, namely somebody like Justin Advocator, who, who wasn't necessarily a huge uh, contributor on the stat sheet. Um, but you st- when you start whittling away those contracts and then you start making these kind of moves, you're at a point where you're at the low, I would think, even this year and into next year and, and next offseason. And then that's when you start slowly building up. You start seeing this team buying and acquiring talent and then and look, and we know from what Steve Eiserman has done down in Tampa Bay that he's got a pretty good eye for talent, too. So then now I would think at this point we're going to start ascending the stairs into hopefully some competitive hockey in the next well, you know, year or so. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think, you know, you look at his first draft pick as, as Red Wing GM, and it's Mo Sider who has excelled at every level that he is. Uh, uh, that, you know, I, I, I joke around, uh, you know, with, with, with Red Wing officials is that, uh, you know, Mo Sider, since you've drafted him, has played for like 17 different teams in 18 different countries. I mean, every level that they put him at or wherever they put him at, he excels in that league. And so, yeah, I would expect that, expect that on the blue line, uh, you know, Moritz Sider, as we call him, Mo Sider, is going to anchor the Red Wings' blue, blue line for many, many, many years to come. But the Red Wings, obviously, their biggest problem, Chris, is they need help at forward. They need that consistent guy that night in and night out is going to get you some points, uh, regardless of whom the competition is. I mean, they need that superstar player. They need that really elite-level pl- uh, player. Uh, they're few and far between. They're really hard to get. And, you know, they have some very, very good players. You know, Dylan Larkin is, uh, is, uh, is on the cusp of maybe being elite if he gets surrounded with more players. But, you know, they, they really need to catch a break or two on some of these uh, uh, draft picks like Mo Sider, who I, I think is a, it will be, uh, you know, and I'm prone to exaggeration at times. But I do think that he's a budding superstar. So we know about their their luck or luck or lack thereof in the lottery art. Do you think they could uh, stumble into one of those elite players this year in the draft? Or well, well you know, it, I'll tell you what, Chris. I mean, it's all over the board right now because some leagues have shut down, some leagues haven't played at all. Uh, some guys are playing in Europe. You know, U.S. colleges were able to get a season, uh, you, you know, kind of pieced together. But they have not been able to do a whole lot of advanced scouting, possibly because most of the Red Wing scouting staff, you know, has been landlocked to whatever country they're in. You know, there isn't a lot of things going on. Now, granted, there's video and if teams are playing. You can watch them on, uh, you, you know, on the Internet and all that kind of stuff. But uh, this is kind of weird. It would just be the Red Wings' luck who have dropped more than any other team in the lottery. Uh, you know, they've dropped nine spots when they have qualified for the lottery. You know, last it's year unbelievable. Dropped, like, yeah, you know, no team has dropped as far as Detroit. So that hasn't been with them. But, you know, the joke now is, is hey, you know, the Red Wings are probably going to end up getting the number one pick this year when there is no definitive number one pick. You know, right. no one knows exactly what's happening. But then again, Steve knows what he's doing. Uh, you know, Pat Big knows what he's doing. Chris Draper knows what he's doing. Hawking Anderson, who's in charge of European scouting, he knows what he's doing. I mean, this is a good organization. They really are. And, you know, and they've been a good organization for a long, long time. You know, sure, they've made some mistakes and stumbled. And I know, you know, we could go on about the end of the Ken Holland era for all you want. but Don't get uh, me started on that. Right. You know, and it's just sure. I mean, I understand that. But if you look at what Steve Eiserman has done, look at that Tampa Bay Lightning. And that 
That's his team. That is his team. And, you know, they play just like the Red Wings. Carolina Hurricanes, they're kind of building the Red Wing mode. The old mm-hmm. Chicago Blackhawks, when they were winning cups, they were building the Red Wing mode. Well, guess who was part of that Red Wing mode as a player and then in management for eight seasons before he left for Tampa? It's Steve Eiserman. So Steve Eiserman yeah. knows what he's doing, and that's why, again, and I think the key is, Chris, and I know I'm kind of rambling here and I do apologize, is that, you know, he is still acquiring a lot of picks. That tells me, and I have no inside information, but that tells me that this this rebuild still a ways to go, and he is still looking for that right mix, that right combination, and that right that right special player. I should say it, and I know Steve's going to kill me for saying this. They need to find the next Steve Eisenman because they don't have it right now. Yeah, that's a lot easier said than done. Uh, <laughs> but with that, said, you bet, you definitely that... bet, but. He, but he was With, the fourth round. You know, he was picked sure. fourth overall in his draft it, class. So exactly right, exactly right. And I think it, as long as you got the eye for talent, and they've got they've got a, a lot of eyes for talent in that organization, it's just going to take some time. You talk about that difference play, that that difference ma- maker uh, that you would acquire in the draft. Are they at the point where they would maybe draft, uh, or, or excuse me, uh, sign somebody as a free agent to fill that void? I will say this, and I, if they are starting to play like we're used to, like, you know, uh, longtime Red Wing fans are used to, when they're, you know, when they're acquiring Luke Robitaille and Brett Halls right. and Chris Chelioses and, you know, Larry, even Larry Murphy, although then, you know, that was one of the big steals in, in Red Wing draft history. Murph came here and really solidified the blue line. But it, 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 once they start doing that, that is a signal that the Red Wings are ready to compete. You know, that is, they're, they're on the cusp of now not being, uh, you know, a team that is, you know, fighting for every, every point that they can get. I mean, but uh, then, then I don't think, I just don't see Steve, unless it's a real sweetheart deal and it makes sense, he'll do anything to make the Red Wings better. And he's an aggressive, aggressive general manager. I mean, he really was as a player, too. I know everybody thinks Stevie Eisen, we love you. He's kind of a low-key guy. He's one of the most competitive human beings I've ever met in my life. So this is killing him right now, what's going on. So I think at this point, what he's going to end up doing, when they reach that point, let's say, and I'm just using this as an example because it'll never happen, but let's say Connor McDavid becomes available or Austin Matthews. You can bet your bottom dollar Steve Eisenman's in on that deal if he can get yeah. in on that deal. But I, but they're not there yet. You know, yeah. they're, they're not there yet. So, I mean, I don't know how long that's going to take, but when that day comes, they're going to go back to being the Red Wings of old and be in on every major deal. They're going to, you know, they're going to, you know, end up trading draft picks instead of acquiring draft yeah, picks. Sure. You know, they're doing, look at Tampa just gave up a number one pick. Sure. For, for, sure. for Savard, you know, why? Because yeah. they have a chance to win back to back cups. Well, I'll tell you what, Artie. If if Connor McDavid's available, I, I'll I want a sip of whatever you got in that cup. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, really, I'll uh, tell you what. Uh, uh, I'll tell you, Chris. Yeah, I mean, that's never going to happen. But you yeah. know, if if, if, it, if it wasn't a hard cap league, you know, if there wasn't a salary sure. cap in the NHL, Connor McDavid would not be in Edmonton. I guarantee no, you that's, that. That's for sure. Hey, Art, uh, always appreciate you. Art Regner, host of Word on Woodward on DetroitRedWings.com. Always good to catch up with you, my friend. Thanks for taking some time. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. All right, there he is.
the legendary Art Regner here on Sports Wrap. And uh, I, I know we got some movement on the on the uh, leaderboards yeah. down at Augusta National. Uh, so Shoffley was in the water on 15, or uh, excuse me, 16. Big fat triple bogey to fall to seven under. Uh, Matsuyama did bogey, so he's only two clear of uh, Zalatoris, who's in the clubhouse with a, a nine under. So Zalatoris is in second, two back of Matsuyama, who is on 17 right now. Mm, interesting. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Uh, again, looks like uh, Matsuyama's going to take this thing. All right. Thank you, Nick. All right. More to come on Sports Wrap. And if we, if the longer the Masters wasn't enough, we got more golf talk coming your way as well. So don't go anywhere. Sports Wrap continues on WJR next. Back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, welcome back. Matsuyama sitting at 11 under on 16. Xander Shoffley minus 7 uh, on 16. And uh, it's been a pretty decent last round of golf here. And, um, you know, it, it just feels like a good day to bring back spin on golf. And so that's that's the plan coming up at seven o'clock. Spin on golf back on WJR, uh, and always steered by our good friend Sean Belegian. Shawnee, hey, hey, what is up, Chris? It's a pleasure to be chatting with you and and these guys again. You know what? With a show like this, though, uh, keep it simple, stupid. I know my role. I'm the traffic <laughs> cop. I let the pros be the pros. But a day like today, obviously, so much to talk about. Speaking of pros, you got uh, big time Jordan Young uh, flashing his stacks out in Vegas, uh, and you got big time uh, on a small budget. <laughs> exactly, uh, a lot of well drinks out there for Jordan. Uh, we got BC Brian Cairns and Mike Fay out at DGC. What's up, boys? Oh, all good here. Absolutely, very good. Well, good in Vegas. Thoughts good. thoughts on the uh, final round down at Augusta National today. Uh, crazy. I mean, you know, just watching the final nine here, you never knew what was going to happen. Uh, five, what was it? Six shot lead at one time for Matsuyama. And, you know, Luke and I, who I'm out here with, we're talking like, well, it's over. I go, look at, if there's any course that there can be a switch up or a change is the back nine on at Augusta. And, uh, sure enough, we've had maybe a few guys that could have come back and, uh, you know, he's not done yet. He's got, he's got to make a bogey or so on the last hole to win it. It's yeah. not that easy. It's not that easy to win, and it just proved it. I mean, Shoffley made one little hiccup and done. But uh, Matsuyama's got a tough one. That's a tough D shot on 18. I know you guys got a, uh, you're going to uh, break down a lot of what's going uh, on at the Masters. I will say, as a broadcaster, I get this question all the time like, who would you uh, want to interview? Anybody, living, dead, doesn't matter. Who would you want to interview? And I always go back to Gary Player. And the, the the things that Gary Player says are, and, and pair it with that accent are just unbelievable. And what happened on Thursday morning to kick off the tournament where they were paying tribute to Lee Elder, um, I thought it was a, a fantastic touch. And uh, I've been uh, trying to push people towards, you know, like YouTube to watch the, the press conference or, or the, you know, the, the ceremonial opening tee shots. It was fantastic. I thought it was a, an excellent way to kick off uh, this year's tournament. 
As always, you know, that's how they always started. They started with Arnie, Nicholas, and Palmer in the past, and before that it was uh, the Squire, and and uh, it, it's just tradition, and when you talk about tradition, Augusta definitely tries to hold on to it. Although the golf course, they change. They don't hold on to that, but it is about tradition at, uh, down there in Augusta. Update, Matsuyama in the fairway on 18, picked up his tee, game over. All right, sold. What else you guys got coming up? Got it. Well, uh, Sean, we got Mark Hollis and Randy Lewis coming up on Spin on Golf. I think Randy's got uh, BC beat for how many? I'm sorry. Mark has played uh, Augusta, what, 25 times? BC says he's only played 14. 12. So, only 12. Oh, sorry, 12. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, only 12. <laughs> Thanks, BC. I'm, I'm going to get him. So we'll be talking a little bit about Augusta, and uh, Sean's always got some great comments for us too. Well, I mean, you know, and, and that's that's the cool thing because obviously with with Rocket Mortgage Classic coming up, I mean that's something we're going to be talking about for the next couple of months. I mean, it can't wait. It's it, it was so strange last year. Uh, obviously, they got it in. It was still a fantastic tournament, but there are so many cool things that are happening with this tournament already. And so we're going to be looking at a lot of them over the next couple of months, but today, obviously, I mean, it's a celebration of look, it's the masters, you know, everybody's uh, got their, their favorite thing. I think I speak for a lot of other people. There, there's something about Augusta that, that it just sets it apart from all the other to me, just one man's opinion. And maybe uh, I'll, I'll talk to the pros about just that, Chris. Yeah, it's a totally different vibe, and and just the way that it, I mean, heck, just the way that it's manicured. It, it there is just no other golf course on planet Earth like it. Uh, and and we kind of talked about this earlier, uh, just uh, kind of getting into the weeds a little bit here. Uh, y- you start looking at some of the guys who missed the cut, some of the guys who who were at the top of the leaderboard here at the end, but. Jordan Spieth is a is an interesting player for me over the last month and a half or so. It seems like he's really kind of turning it on. At least he's in contention, which is a lot more than you can say for what you know uh, the last couple of years. Is he somebody who's who you look to uh, at least in the near future that is going to be at the top of leaderboards contending again? I, I think he's I think he's backish. You, you have to understand that him and his instructor have been working on something for two years. And you can go out and play with your buddies in Texas and have a good time and shoot 65, but there's a different that's different than teeing up in a in a in a major and or a tour event and trusting it with water and everything out of there. So, yeah, it's taken him a long time to come back, and I think he is back, and I think he, he's here to stay for a long time. And, and golf's so cyclical too; guys don't play good all the time. So, a year or two here, then they're out, and then you know they come back and. Spieth's like the fourth-year senior story, and then you got Zal Torres, who's like the freshman uh, standout, you know. And, I mean, that's a great story in itself. And then you got guys like Shoffley and Rom that are probably going to be there for the next decade. And, you know, some of the guys miss the cut, like Garcia, who always plays well there. And, and it's mm-hmm. almost like a little flip and changing of the guard now, and you got these younger guys coming in. But that Zal Torres, that, that, that was pretty cool and special for him. Second I got I got to ask all you guys too. There there's a guy that I've had my eye on for a couple years. It, Tony Finau just seems this close constantly. It just seems mm-hmm. like he's been at that spot, you know, tantalizingly teasing you and in that second round I kind of thought, okay, maybe this is when he puts it all together. What do you guys see out of a guy like Tony? What's what's keeping him BC from taking that proverbial next step? Okay, if I asked you if you wanted to be Fitzpatrick in the NFL, or Tom Brady, 
Okay, Tom Brady, obviously the best. I mean, the best tour player. You can compare him to Tom Brady, the best NFL player. And then you got a Fitzpatrick making almost as much money sometimes. I mean, that's kind of what it's like. I mean, it's a pretty fine line, but you have to remember how much money they're making at the end of the day. And, and different people, what drives them? I mean, does money drive you? Is that the end all? And then you get to, you know, a, a Tiger Woods who nobody will ever be like Tiger Woods because the money didn't matter. He's one to be the best of all time. So I would say to answer your question, it's very difficult to put a finger on what pushes him to the next level. Hmm. Good stuff. Well, a lot more to come uh, as we welcome back Spin on Golf. Very excited. Have a good show, boys. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Thanks Appreciate Chris. it. Congrats on Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us uh, this evening on Sports Wrap. Uh, we will be back with you again next Saturday, 6 p.m. Spin on Golf coming your way next here on WJR. Have a good weekend.